Praise the Lord. Be fruitful and multiply. While we st- <laughs> oh, well, God said in Abraham's seed, all the families of the earth would be blessed, so why don't we get blessed in Christ as families and grow in the Lord? Well, we stand at the beginning of a new year, and I'm sure the Lord is speaking to our hearts and directing us. It is a new beginning of sorts, and I thought this morning outstanding word for us that it's not so much clarity that we need, it's trust. Trust in the Lord as we keep walking with God. Like Abraham, he went out not knowing where he was going. All he had was a general word. He didn't have the specifics, the clarity. And if we have a word from God, if we have a direction of God on our heart, all we need to do is put our trust in the Lord and walk it out over the years and see how the inheritance of the Lord progresses in our life. Well, tonight, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. I trust this word will be meaningful to us as we begin a new year. Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. The first thing God did after he created the man and woman was bless them. He didn't curse them. He didn't distrust them. The first thing God did was bless them. It is in God's heart to bless us. Moses said, Lord, let me see your glory. God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. God is good and does good, Psalm 119. We have a good God, and he's interested. All things work together for good to them that love God. Let's remind ourselves of Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope and expectation. Even though God was correcting his people at that time because they'd strayed in their hearts from the Lord, Yet he said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Sometimes there has to be some discipline, God says, to correct wayward ways and manners. But he says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil. God wants to give us a future. Acts chapter 3 and verse 25. You are the sons of the prophets. And of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed shall in your seed all the families of the earth. Take that word home for your family. And in Christ, in Abraham's seed, Christ, 
all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, they were speaking to the nation of Israel, who Jesus had come to first. So he said, to you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Said to you first, Israel, Jesus Christ has come to the chosen nation. They carried the seed promise throughout the old covenant. To you first, Christ has come. But this is going to all the families, all the nations of the earth. The Lord says, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to give you a future and a hope. That's the desire and heart of God for us. The first thing God did after he created man and woman was bless them. And then he said to them, he spoke words over them, and these are the first words that God spoke over the race, over man and woman. These are the first words that God speaks over our life, in our creation. That he would, he says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. That's a creation mandate for all of us. So let's look at that tonight. Number one, be fruitful. God says be fruitful. John 15, 7 to 8. If you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. He says, that's the evidence of my disciples, those who walk closely with me. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father, in my name he may give you. Jesus said, I want you to go and bear fruit. I want you to bear much fruit. In this my Father is glorified. Let's be fruitful this year. How about in our character? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Nine fruit of the Spirit, the character of Christ. Maybe you're at the beginning of this year and You've noticed some things about yourself. Maybe there's some character deficiency. Maybe there's something that needs refining in your character. And you say, Lord, I want to be fruitful. God says, be fruitful. The likeness and character of Christ. Let's be fruitful in family progress, reputation, and inheritance. God moves families down inheritance and progress in the earth. Let's be fruitful in our vocation and in our occupation. Let's be fruitful in kingdom work and in the service of the Lord. Be fruitful, God says. This is my first word over my creation. Be fruitful, men and women and families, individuals. Be fruitful for the name of the Lord. Let's be fruitful in prayer. Notice how the words are in John 15. By this my Father is glorified that you should bear much fruit. He says, if you abide in me and my words in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. 
fruitful in our prayer life because we are so close to Jesus that we know what the desires of his heart are. And they become the desires of our heart. And we can begin to pray with confidence in the name of the Lord. Let's be fruitful. Let's gain much this year through intercessions and prayers and seeking of the Lord. Fruitful. Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. When God created Adam and Eve, he put them in a garden. He said, I want you to cultivate, and I want you to guard and keep this garden. It's a plot of ground that is yours, nobody else's. You will have descendants, and they will have their plot of ground and inheritance, but this is yours. I want you, Adam and Eve, to till and beautify the garden. God, when he created man and woman, put a work ethic into the earth, and they had a responsibility to labor before the Lord. No, we need to realize that Adam and Eve were not in a state of glorification. They did not have glorified bodies. They were not living in eternal bliss. That for them, as well for us, awaits the day of eternity, the new heaven and the new earth. When God created them, he put them in a garden so they could beautify and labor and see fruitfulness develop in their lives. And so it is with us. So it is with us. God gives us a garden. God says, I want you to go to work. So Adam and Eve labored. Now they labored without the burdensome toil and strain that came after the fall. There were no thistles and thorns to deal with initially. No mosquitoes. They labored rather effortlessly in the garden. How beautiful it was. But then came the entrance of sin and the fall. And with the fall came a fallen manner. And now we have to contend with thistles and thorns and moths and rust and disrepair and repair and maintenance. But the original mandate has not changed. God says, be fruitful, be fruitful. And even though our labor is more strenuous now, the ground was cursed and God said, by the sweat of your brow, you will earn bread. Even though that has come into effect, the original design of God has not changed. He says, be fruitful, be fruitful. Proverbs 10 verse 4, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. A call to diligence. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily. Put your heart into it. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. We have a new year ahead of us. Studies, tasks, university, college, duties of all kinds and responsibilities, the Lord says, be fruitful. And so we know we're contending with the fall and what has taken place because of the entrance of sin into this world. But the Lord wants all of us to be fruitful. Number two, multiply. Multiply. Hebrews 6, 13 to 15, 
For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Let's hear this word over us. Surely blessing I will bless you, God says. Multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured and persevered, we begin to walk with God. He obtained the promise. I want to apply this point tonight to the work of the gospel, to the ministry of the kingdom of God. Genesis 22:16. God said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you, Abraham, have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, Blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, Christ, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you, Abraham, have obeyed my voice. This is the call to get involved with the kingdom of God to spend our lives, to pour out our lives, to speed the gospel to the nations of the world, that God could multiply the churches and multiply the number of disciples and multiply the ministers and the missionaries and the Christian workers. God says, I want you to multiply. So we must give ourselves in prayer and finance and spirit and strength to the work of the kingdom of God because he wants it to multiply across the earth. Acts chapter 6, verse 7 says, Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied. Multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Be fruitful and multiply. Let the churches grow. Let the churches increase. Here and across the land and the nations of the world in this local vicinity and the regions beyond. Yes, there are scores of churches represented and feathered out under the ministry of this house today in the nations, but let it multiply, let it increase, let the kingdom of God prosper. Prosper here in this city and prosper in this nation and in the nations of the world. Ecclesiastes 11.1, 1, God says, cast your bread upon the waters. Cast your provision, cast your finances, for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven. Say, well, that's all I have. God says, if number eight comes by, stretch out some more. Give some more. Give also to eight. For you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Get to people before the evil comes as many as we can. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. So let's send up the vapor of worship and prayer and supplication and seeking the Lord. So the clouds fill and pour down abundantly. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. The Bible speaks of God as being on the sides of the north. 
The blood was sprinkled on the north side of the altar in the tabernacle and temple. If a tree falls toward the north, that's a tree of righteousness. It falls to the presence of God. But if a tree falls to the south, it falls away from the presence of God. And the destiny of the righteous and the unrighteous are sealed forever. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do know, not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that or whether both alike will be good. Let's keep pouring out for the gospel. Let's keep multiplying. Let's be fruitful for the Lord. You're not past childbearing age, Sarah. You said in yourself, I'm too old to have children. I can't bear anymore. God says that's something you've put into your own mind by the natural circumstances that have come upon your life, but God says, I have a higher word. I'm going to put a word in you that you're going to be fruitful, Sarah, and you're going to begin to bring forth a son, and that son is going to multiply out until the descendants are as the stars of the heaven and the sand of the sea which is upon the earth. Sometimes we cut ourselves out of the blessing of the Lord and fulfillment in God. We get a retirement spirit. We get a, I'm past the age of. I'm past the age of. God says, even in old age, they shall be fruitful and flourishing to bring forth fruit unto God. Let's pray. Let's invest. Let's give finances. Let's move in faith so that we can see the multiplication of the kingdom of God. Who knows? how new creation life is formed in the bride of Christ. Who knows how the travail of spirit and the seed of God that goes into our own spirit and heart begins to grow and manifest and souls begin to be born out through the world because of the intercession and the spirit of faith that's in the individual saints of the living God. We don't know the works of God who makes everything in the morning, sow your seed. Let's get a spirit of faith. Let's get that spirit of increase. Let's believe for the multiplying. Surely blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. I know full well how the spirit of heaviness can come against us. Spirit of, it's kind of over. I don't see much happening. God says you take up a spirit of faith. You get the seed of God into you. And you get a fruitful spirit. And you get a multiplication spirit inside of you. And let God use you once again. Be fruitful. Multiply. Number three, fill the earth. With what? How about some praises? Habakkuk 3.3. 3. God came from Tim and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. The earth was full of his praise. Psalm 113.3, from the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. 
Let's fill the earth. I mean, this can go a lot of directions, this point. But let's fill the earth with praise. I can't imagine how much complaint and negativity, how much cursing and swearing, how much hatred and strife goes up out of the earth every day, all day long. I think God shuts his ears. And then up comes the sound of the saints, the sound of praise and the sound of singing. Gratitude, thanksgiving, let's walk through our days, let's drive in our vehicles, let's praise the Lord, let the sound of singing come up before the presence of the Lord. You know, Deborah and I have, outside the front window of our house, we have a fairly dense shrub, and the birds love it. Sometimes there's like 15, 20 of them that gather on this bush and they go inside. They're protected and sheltered, especially in the winter. Deb has said to me a number of times lately, my, those birds are loud. I said, yeah, they're busy praising the Lord. Why does God love birds so much? Because they're always singing. He says, if man won't praise me, the birds surely will. And even the rocks will cry out. You know, the animals of the earth, the beasts, they kind of grunt and groan and moan around, but the birds are always singing. Listen to Genesis chapter 1, 21. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to his kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. God says, I want some song. I want some praises. Every day the birds are singing. God says, I want my people singing. Let's fill the earth with his praise. As Habakkuk says, let's sing to the Lord. Let's magnify him. Let's worship him. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Again, there are many things that could be said about this point, fill the earth. Fill the earth with prayer. As we walk about in our days, let's fill the earth with prayer. Let's put some intercessions before the Lord. Let's push back against the darkness. Let's go against principalities and powers. Let's fill the earth with the knowledge of the Lord. Let's fill the earth with the glory of God. Habakkuk 2, 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's a new covenant fulfillment. In all nations of the earth today, there are people that are praising the Lord and walking about with his knowledge and confessing his word and speaking into the atmosphere the promises of God. Be fruitful multiply, fill the earth. And number four, subdue it. What is this? Subdue it. We're dealing with a hostile world. We're dealing with a hostile earth, with the tempter, with the serpent. Now these words were spoken right at the beginning of time. Adam and Eve were in the garden. There had been no fall 
of man yet. There had been no entrance of sin. There had been no succumbing to the power of the devil. But God put this word into the earth because he knew what was coming. And he wanted Adam and Eve to know that there was a hostility that was against them and that they would have to deal with. This was a needed warning. This was a message alert, and it's for us as well. God says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. You're going to have to contend with some hostile forces. In the natural areas and in the spiritual. And so in our natural life, in this world, the material aspects, and in the spiritual warfare, we deal with hostility. The ground is cursed. Now God will help us in our labors, but there is a fallenness and there is a hostility in the ground. I mean, even Christians have to weed their garden and kill the dandelions in their lawn. We're not beyond that. We deal with the forces. And it doesn't matter what area of life we touch tonight. We are dealing with certain hostilities against us. There is a hostility against us personally. And you can feel it. To break you down. To hold you back. To war against you. To try and break your spirit. Try and agitate your mind. Keep you from moving in faith and walking with joy and gladness. There's a hostility against us personally. There's a hostility against us vocationally. I mean, it takes a lot of effort to bring a vocation, to bring a business out of the earth, doesn't it? There are forces arrayed against it. Relationally, my, there are hostile forces against us relationally seeking to break down the relationships and the love and the unity, cause division and strife, divorce and breakup of things. The Lord says, subdue the earth. There are forces against us in ministry and corporately as a church. The enemy would like to destroy the ministry of the church of Jesus Christ. He'd like to break apart the local churches so their ministry falls to the ground. We have hostility against us spiritually, and we must wage a good warfare. We must fight the good fight of faith. And so we deal, and we know that we must subdue. The truth is, if we don't subdue the earth, the earth will subdue us. If we don't subdue the earth, if we don't move into these realms of the spirit of faith, and a trust in God, and a hope in God, and word from God in us, the earth will subdue us. It'll break us down and drive us back. And so we must understand the subduing of the earth. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. But you have to subdue it. We have to resist, don't we? We have to war. We have to labor. We have to fight the good fight of faith in our vocations, for our families, for our children, any tasks and responsibilities we have, any growth in God, we have to subdue and begin to gain inheritance. 
Let's have the worship team come as we close out. Romans 16, verse 20. Bible says, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. I was talking to a couple brothers the other day. Said it doesn't say immediately, does it? It says shortly. Other translations say quickly or speedily. You know, the Hebrew word for tread or for subdue means to tread down. Subdue the earth, to tread down, to conquer, to dominate. It shows us the urgency of God and the insistence toward us. God says you're going to have to tread down the earth because there's a hostile force that's against your life and against your plans. Here he says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. So we begin to walk out the inheritance of the Lord. Joshua chapter 1 says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. So we have, we, there's the need of conquest. So we begin to move out in God and we're treading. And while there's enemies and we're fighting just like the Israelites against the Canaanites, and all of a sudden you get a breakthrough. Wow, I've gained some inheritance, and the land is mine. Conquered ground. And then you go for another step in God, another dimension, a furtherance in God. And again, it's like, God, when will, when will the enemy fall? God says, I will break, I will crush the enemy under your feet shortly, not immediately. You keep going, you keep persevering, you work against the hostility. You work against the opposition you feel in your life, the threat of the enemy, the threat of circumstances, maybe the intimidation of people and the fear of man, but you keep going. Because you have a word from God and something in your spirit that says, I will be fruitful, I will multiply, I will fill the earth. And so you press on and wow, one day there's breakthrough. It's like the last enemy of that troop and army fell. And all of a sudden you've got liberty, conquered ground, fruitfulness. And that's how it goes with the Lord. And on and on we walk as individuals, as families, and as a local church, Joshua 1, 3 to 6, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. It shows the warfare. It shows the subduing. It shows the conquest that must be in us, like it or not. And we all feel it, don't we? Sometimes more, sometimes less. But we know the hostility is there. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. What an inheritance. And it started with one step. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. 
For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Let's stand in the presence of God tonight and thank him. Hallelujah. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Keep walking. Hold to the promises. Fight the good fight of faith. Receive the inheritance of the Lord. For through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. Hallelujah. Let's offer ourselves to the Lord tonight. If any scripture has spoken to you tonight, take it in your heart. It's a word from God for you to strengthen you, to lift you up, to encourage you. Sometimes the battle is so fierce, you, you stand and having done all to stand, that's what it feels like. But even there, God says, you just stand in my promises. Don't give an inch. Don't give an inch to the enemy. Give him no foothold. Give him no place that he can put his foot down and take some inheritance back on your life. You keep pressing with faith. You keep pressing with the gospel. You keep pressing with your prayers. And you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bless the Lord tonight. If you would like to come to the altar and pray and commit yourself to the Lord, the altars are always open. If you'd like prayer for some need physically or financially, emotionally, spiritually, please, the altar team is here to pray for you. Let's close out in these last few minutes and commit ourselves to the creation mandate, the first words of God over the human race, and they live forever until the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.